Break It Down with Rick and Tim is also available to watch on YouTube. Oh, that was very bright and exciting and wonderful. It'll go great in there. I like it. And don't forget to check out our website. That's right. www.breakitdownwithrickandtim.com Hey, Tim. Hey, Rick. Don't you just hate it that whenever you fart or shart or have a headache, it's COVID-19. There's a bug going around my daughter's daycare right now, and all day long, my daughter has been sharting. And she thinks it's absolutely hilarious. I can't say the word hilarious. Hilarious. We need like a warm-up. We should sing a song. The hell's going on? That's a good question. I'm glad I'm Italian. I'm not white. You kind of are. Why does it have to be the big chicken? (laughs) Why does it have to be the big chicken? Why do you have to say it like that? (laughs) I was right. And you were racist. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> I still have a belief that Sasquatch is out there, but that doesn't make me crazy. And you give me that face, and this is my issue with you. Mm. You're a questionable person. This is a podcast where Rick, a Generation Xer, and Tim, a millennial, come together and try to find answers to our changing world. Break it down with Rick and Tim. All right. Mm. You survived the pandemic. I survived the pandemic. You know what's funny, though? It's not the first, like, virus I remember, like, sweeping through. Oh, let me tell you. You've never had the neurovirus. I haven't, but I I remember that one. Oh. It was the most anguishing experience of my entire... It wasn't the worst thing that ever happened, but it was... It's up there. 24 hours of total malaise, ultimate discomfort no matter what you do you cannot feel better headache fever your body is purging left and right at the same time and you're drinking pepto-bismol like it's a diet coke okay i had that experience two years before the pandemic hit and so because that was so fresh in my mind i was not about to catch covid okay Mm -mm, no way i have yet to catch it what a boring intro. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Rick. Hi, my name is Tim. And this is Break It Down with Rick and Tim. The topic of discussion tonight is lessons from the pandemic. And there are quite a few we've learned in the past two years. That's right. Yes. Toilet paper is gold. Uh, that is true. We can all work from home successfully. That's a positive. You can never have too many uh, Lysol sprays and sanitizer wipes. Teachers are miracle workers. The medical industry, the care workers, not having enough PPE. Oh my gosh, people learning how to wash their hands correctly. After you year, Nate, don't even wash your hands. Just stop. No. Welcome to Chicago. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you learned who was crazy. Like, I feel like COVID made us crazy. In a very bad way. Well, let's think about, like, there were, every once in a while, I'll jump into a Zoom meeting for, like, my work. And I'll get, like, flashbacks of being stuck in my house forever. What seemed like forever. 
an eternity with no foreseeable outcome because everybody around me was behaving like children. Wow. At one point, and this is something because I, tr- I tracked this in my stats class, at one point, one-fifth of all cases in the world were in the United States. And the United States makes up like 3% of the population or something. Mm. Let's fact check that. What percent of the world population is the USA? 4.25. The world was literally burning around us, Rick. Right. A personal lesson that I learned was that even though I'm a fan of MSNBC, it was also still very fear-mongering. Oh, yes. And yes, COVID-19 was serious for those who are immunocompromised, pre-existing health conditions, diabetes, etc., even healthy people. The way they were setting it up, it was just frightening, mass hysteria. And then the extreme polar opposite, you had people saying, like Donald Trump, it's a hoax. Now the Democrats are politicizing the coronavirus. You know that, right? Coronavirus. And this is their new hoax. Right. And people were defiant about wearing face masks. Remember, my body, my choice. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, oh my God. How can I breathe with this thing on to ask a f***ing doctor? You know? I mean, let's be real here. People just were like, they just didn't want to do it because they just want to fight. For nine months, we had total uncertainty because we hadn't been able to get the vaccine yet. And they were working on the mRNA vaccine very quickly, very fast. Very fast. Record-breaking speed. Absolutely. And even that was a threat. And I remember people saying they're putting microchips in the vaccine. The most absurd thing. Doctors are out to kill you. They're out to put microchips, little micro-Borg nanochips in the vaccine. We are the Borg. Blow your shields and surrender your ships. Let's roll back here because we are all over the place. Let's start with that because we're touching on all these things that I have in order here. So, Tim has notes. I have notes this time. I really don't have notes. Rick doesn't have notes. So I he's have just the gonna top be, of my head. He's gonna just he's just gonna riff. But I want you to riff on topic. Are you ready to go here? Yes. So let's start off with the spread. So do you remember where you were when you first discovered this virus? Yes, I was home watching MSNBC because I'm a news junkie. I've I've been a news junkie ever since September 11th. Okay. And because of the whole fear of missing out. The FOMO. Yeah, and because, you know, every five minutes, breaking news. Oh, my God. So I remember hearing about the reports of this SARS virus happening in China in December and seeing the videos on Twitter of the extreme lockdowns they were putting everybody in the city of Wuhan. And it was kind of scary. The videos that were coming out of China. We've seen that before. Mm. I remember watching Rachel Maddow and she said that the World Health Organization has declared it a pandemic. And to me, what's that? I really didn't know much about that sort of Mm. thing. And this is in March? In March. March 11th was the day when the world, world, the WHO declared it a pandemic. Oh, my goodness. And it was already here. Yes. And the Trump administration 
knew it was aerosol-based, but nobody else did. They did not share that information. Fact-checkers watching this and listening to this watch and read the Bob Woodward tapes when he was interviewing Trump in February of 2020. It goes through air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You know, the touch, you don't have to touch things, right? But the air, you just breathe the air, and that's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. It's all there. It's very upsetting. Because if only that son of a bitch shared the information that he was receiving... I bet possibly my friend Wayne would still be alive because he was a devoted Trump supporter. But oh, Trump, sure. Trump didn't want to create a panic. Of course not. You know, but yeah, you know, these rapists, these murderers are coming over the border. But yeah, he didn't want to create a panic. You got to look at it from their perspective, right? So as a teacher in some of these places, now I have to teach from all perspectives. From their perspective, the economy is more important than, than a certain number of people's lives. So you have to do a cost-benefit analysis. Are we going to lose a lot of money and how many lives can we lose so that we can balance it out? Uh, and they just were like, ah, this pandemic will probably just go away on its own. We'll lose grandma, grandpa. Right. We might lose grandma and grandpa. But they were even talking about that. They were. They were like, well, all these people are going to die anyway. No one reached out to me and said, uh, as a senior citizen, uh, are you willing to take a chance on your survival in exchange for keeping the America that all America loves for your children and grandchildren? And if that's the exchange, I'm all in. And that's like a, an argument that there still is today, but we all know people who have lost somebody way too soon due to COVID, or at least I feel like most people do. Yeah. So here I am all alone in my home, no family, just my two dogs and me, isolated. The whole world's come to a complete shutdown. No one's hanging out. No one's driving anywhere. I had to take care of my dogs because I am their world. And I made a commitment to taking care of my two puppies. And they were little at the time. And I had to take care of myself because who else is going to take care of them? So I didn't go out anywhere. I wore my face mask whenever I went out. I was somewhat exposed to COVID one day when I was talking to my neighbor outside, but we were standing about nine feet apart and she was a nurse and I was asking her question after question after question because you're hearing all this information on the news, then you're conspiracy Sasquatch flat earther friends are telling you something completely, totally different. So where's the truth? What's this ivermectin thing, remdesivir and all this kind of oh. stuff? Oh my goodness. What? And so by talking to actual healthcare workers and hearing what they had to say, cemented that I was doing the right thing by masking up, washing my hands and maintaining social distancing. Because I was already doing it. But I was like, well, I'm getting all this information from multiple sources from right. Facebook. Right, so let's slow down and look at this response that you just had. So we can see already that in the beginning, right, and, and you started panicking in March, right? I wasn't like, you know, screaming, but I was no, scared. No, but I was listen scared. to what you scared. were just doing. Was, you was were, wow, I, yeah. I can feel the fear coming through. Yeah. <laughs> 
in the beginning, you uh, discovered this in March when there was already some hysteria. So you kind of just jumped into the hysteria and and you found somebody who was willing to give you the right information. Good morning, patriots, especially those of us in tyrannical California. Get real for a second. When can we be done with the masks? When? These are demonic entities and we need to stick together. Remember, we have authority in Christ Jesus. From 2020 through 2022, the propaganda was out of control. People were getting sick. Thousands of people were dying. People like me were scared. As of this date of our podcast, 1,115,637 souls have died in our country from this virus. And only 16% of our American population has taken the vaccine with a booster. No human life is worth sacrificing for the good of capitalism. Period. Capitalism isn't freedom. It's an economic and political system in which our country's trade and industry are controlled by the private sector for profit. You are worth more than that. Your mom and dad are worth more than the chump change in a billionaire's pocket. So in the first three months of discovering this pandemic. Let me tell you where I was. Well, let me tell you how I discovered it. I saw it um, in the news. I remember it was 12 cases, I think. So I saw the cases in the news, and then I think it jumped up to like 24 cases or something. Um, And I brought it to my statistics class. I was teaching statistics at the time. And uh, I said to my students, uh, look at this. Uh, This is going to be a good example of exponential growth. Kind of one of those careful what you wish for things. Right, Uh, the numbers. I liked teaching my statistics class by looking at what was in the news and then bringing that to them. And this virus was in the news. And so I brought it to them and said, watch this. Uh, It's going to spread. And we'll see how we respond. See if we can stop this thing from spreading. And within like a first few, we had, oh my God, we had it a, a, a line graph going in the classroom of cases per day and we were watching it grow uh day by day and within like the first two weeks i was like uh yeah this thing is it's gonna take off guys this is a big one because they had discovered i think that it had an incubation period of like 12 days i think is what they it was around that ballpark yeah 12 to 14 days i told my students uh, it's in a major hub it's already here because 12 to 14 days ago is when we first heard about it. That's plenty of time for someone to have jumped on an airplane and get here back to the United States. And lo and behold, up in Washington, down in California, and then I think in like Springfield or something or Medford or something like that. And then it just slowly started to spread. And I remember telling my students, here's the thing. The most that we could do right now is to get in shape and prepare ourselves to fight this virus because it's it's coming for us. And then your class was shut down. And then our class was shut down. What was that like? Because I want to talk about the numbers thing. Did you go to were you did you go to work and then all of a sudden the principal comes in and says, "Hey, uh, everybody, go we, home." We, ooh, we, 
we just kind of knew it was going to happen. We went out on a weekend. Oh, okay. And we just kind of all knew that we weren't coming back. We walked out of the building and all kind of stood there for a moment, looked around at each other, and were like, well, good luck. Here we go. Wow. And we all next met on Zoom, and I was in my yard chipping golf balls because I just felt so proud of myself for predicting everything that had happened. But don't you hate when you're right? Sometimes. Yeah. Yes, I do. That would actually. have been nice if you were wrong. It would have been, <laughs> it would have been nice if I was wrong. Yeah. The other thing I did with my kids, uh, my students, is I made an actual like card game. Mm-hmm. Like I drew a little human on like stick figure on my whiteboard, and then I uh, I had a, a set like number that they could get to that they didn't know the number, but I knew the number, um, and they couldn't every time. That was one little person represented a community that was infected with COVID or whatever virus they got, uh, and it would spread each turn based on a dice roll and other factors and they would pull cards that would be like factor cards and they'd have to use um like resources that they would get so it basically prepared them for what was about to happen and it was scary accurate and other things like a bunch of old people got together to play uh card games and one of them was sick but didn't want to miss out and they uh all got sick and took it back to their caregivers who spread it to their families. And it's just, it's all these things that happen. It's the careless mistakes that set them back. And it's all the careless mistakes that set us back Mm -hmm. as a country. Right. And it was crazy. There was a rave, right? And in the news months later, we learned that, yeah, kids were partying and spreading COVID and taking it back to their families and killing their grandparents. But their grandparents were going to die anyway, so... The culling was perfectly acceptable. For right. greater good. So then we went out on... Um, and this was... When did we go out on... Uh, the 15th? 15th? It was four days after the March 11th. On, it was 15th when Trump administration so, and the states began to shut everything down. So here's the crazy part. By then, how many cases did we have? Do, do, you, do we know? I'm going to pull up a timeline of COVID. So it was right before the spike. So we went into lockdown at the right time. It was preemptive. It was preemptive. Because of the amount of hospital beds the states had. Right. And the small number of ventilators getting vents. That was tremendous. Right. That was it. Because at the time, there was another outbreak, and it was in New York. And I remember ventilators were very hard to come by. So everybody was taking stock. Because they were like, what if we have an outbreak here? And that was because the New York got hit by the European variant. Because it popped up over in Europe, and then it jumped from Europe to the United States around the same... Well, maybe it happened around the same time, but I guess if you look at it, it would all happen very quickly. Around the time that it was spreading on the on the West Coast from the uh, the China origin variant. You're right. We were all taking stock, and so it was preemptive. Now, people criticized that. Was that the right thing to do, Rick? That's a hard question because you have to take care of your own state, your own people if you're a governor. And let's say Idaho's population compared to the population in Los Angeles and California or New York City and New York, uh, ideally... I would like to think everybody would come together and help one another like we did during September 11th. There was total unity, bipartisan unity, after the attacks in our country. 
with Trump in office. It, it was just about, well, yeah, well, what are you going to do for us type of thing? Right. And all the states were wanting PPE and were wanting their share of Right, the money. and they saw an, an opportunity to exploit that, and they did. I mean, it's a business, right? Everybody, I remember people telling me they wanted somebody to run this country like a business, right, with no empathy and just... Well, they got it. Take take any opportunity you can. Yeah. And so the Trump administration saw it, and they were like, yes, it's not personal, it's business, right? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do for us? So they're holding states hostage politically for yeah ridiculousness. I got to say, I think there's only one good thing that that wannabe Twitler did was... Operation Warp Speed and getting the vaccine made and distributed as fast as possible. Right. One thing only. Right. What that son of a bitch did as a president. Right. But let's be honest. Operation Warp Speed. I mean, it started it, but it needed a lot more. Like it was, it was, it was an attempt to, you know, undo the 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 crap that he had had done. Kind of his attempt to make himself look good. And it was a political thing. And Operation Warp Speed uh, did get things going in a sense that it gave funding uh, to something that needed funding, the the vaccine. I mean, the whole thing needed to go a bit faster. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't necessarily say that was the one good thing that came out of it. I mean, it was, it was just, it was a political band-aid, Operation Warp Speed. And when we shut down before the spike occurred, I remember... Uh, going on a hunt mm. for sanitizer. <laughs> right. So I well, remember at that time we thought maybe it's, you know, surface transmissible. So people are spraying mm-hmm. stuff with Lysol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't mm-hmm. have much of that at the house. I did have my score of toilet paper. Right. I went to a Walgreens and I was talking with the checkout clerk and she she was confused. She's like, "Why is everybody shutting down? And why are our hours so limited?" And she didn't know. And her man, nobody knew. Right. And so I, here's what I did. I, I did a Tim for her. Oh, okay. So I, I broke it down. Oh boy. You I said, so here we are, at the beginning of this pandemic, and we only have let's say twenty five thousand hospital beds for the entire county of Los Angeles. She's like, "Uh huh." And I'm all right. You're following me. Twenty five thousand hospital beds, just mm-hmm. a roundabout number. And the population of L.A. County is like <laughs> 50 million. You know, right. it's insane. It's nuts. Do you see why they shut everything down? Doctors and nurses are going to be deciding whether or not you're going to live based on the other patient that's coming in. Right. And the look on her face, I, I won't forget that. She was like, oh, my God. And unfortunately, the majority of our country didn't realize that. They took it as an attack. Right. As uh, an infraction against their rights, and it's no big deal. It's the flu, right? Which it wasn't. Similar symptoms, which is understandably one of the reasons why people got confused: the fever, the body aches, the shivers. Right. Now, even though COVID and the flu had similar symptoms, there were two that really stood out. That was a red flag, an alarm that you did not have the flu, and that was. People losing their sense of smell and their sense of taste. And we're not talking about with what they're wearing. So that brings us to our response. So after you've gotten involved, you know what's happening. And everybody knows that this virus is spreading and it's deadly. 
um, what do we need to do? We had this argument that people were making saying, why do we need to go into lockdown? We're all just going to get it anyway. And that's exactly what it is. So there was this uh, graphic that was put out and that I've turned into my, one of my you know, grab packets for my kids because we had to make these grab packets for any student that couldn't do online learning, right? And I had this whole thick packet of statistics that followed articles and lessons from the past, um, which we'll talk about here in a moment. And I'm going to pull it up, so we're going to have to take a moment to do that. Yeah, it had on there uh, a graphic that says catting the curve. And you've got a alert cat and a lazy cat, right? And the idea is an alert cat is straight up and then down. Everybody gets sick all at once, and then everybody gets, you know, either better all at once. Uh, versus the lazy cat, where the lazy cat, everybody slowly gets sick, slowly over time, and then slowly people get better, slowly over time. It's a, it's a much slower thing. Now, that's not good for the economy, but what it allows is for you to stay under the threshold that your uh, medical services have. So if you have an alert kitty, that spike is going to overwhelm and go way beyond the capacity of your hospitals. And you're going to have to set up uh, triage centers outside of hospitals because you don't have enough space. Or as they did in China, in Wuhan, I don't you know if you remember, but they built uh, like in three days a brand new hospital just for COVID. Do you remember that? Mm, it was yes. insane. It was an engineering marvel. They just went in and was like, Psh, here it is. Um, it reminded me of something out of like Sim City, where you just kind of click and then it just builds itself real quick. Uh, and that's kind of where we were. But a lot of people didn't understand that. They were like, let's just all get sick and then get better and then it'll be done. Mm. But they didn't realize that it would not just harm the people who were getting sick, but the hospital system would be overwhelmed that people would be dying of things they shouldn't be dying of, like appendicitis and like maybe a car crash or something that they couldn't get an emergency, you know, OR for. Because all the or, beds are full. Exactly. They would just, people would start to die. Especially full of people that refuse the vaccine. Exactly. And were desperate to live. Uh, at the 11th hour, and it was a little too late. Right. I know someone who died of COVID, and they died of COVID, uh, and they were in the hospital for months, like two months. And they looked like they went through hell uh, and unvaxxed because mm. the vaccine was, you know, a hoax. Now, when did you get vaccinated? I got vaccinated early. Um I'm not entirely exactly sure the date I got vaccinated, but if I looked in my wallet and looked no, at my that, card, I probably could. Because I remember the way, the way, the way lessons learned from the pandemic, the way they rolled out the vaccine, I think, was wrong. We know that now because right. not everybody was wanting to get the vaccine. So those of us that wanted to get the vaccine had to wait each week to see if your number was going to be emailed to you by the Oregon Health or whichever. And... Finally, a friend of mine in March of 2020 called me. She's like, Rick, I just went to the Salem Fairgrounds. They're taking drop-ins. I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, just get in your car and go right now. Get in your car. Go get the vaccine. So because of her, I got in my car, drove down there. And there's these high school kids that were asking drivers, okay, so uh, why are you here? And right here to get the vaccine. Do you have a pre-existing condition? I'm like, yeah, I got really bad allergies and borderline asthma due to chronic bronchitis. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm in. 
The following clip is a video Rick made to celebrate the day he received his first COVID-19 vaccine in 2021. Bigfoot ass up and go to Salem to get your vaccine. But I don't have an appointment. Dude, they're taking drop-ins. Just go. I'm here to get my DMV driver's registration. Oh, so I think we're the wrong place. Relax that shoulder. Yeah. That doesn't hurt too bad. You can thank the natives for that because they got an allocation of the vaccine and they were giving it away to people because um, they didn't want it to go bad and they couldn't get enough uh, of their community to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that because my wife works with natives and they uh, were announcing that to the community, say, bring in anybody you can to, t- to get this vaccine. And so she got her grandmother vaccine vaccinated. She got my my side of the family, my whole side of the family vaccinated, basically. Uh, my brothers, my sisters, my, my parents all went down awesome. to Salem. I'm glad she was proactive. Well, absolutely, because it comes back to things that I taught my students in a way that they can win the game. Uh, You have to vaccinate your... Once you've discovered the vaccine, uh, you have to produce the vaccine, which drove them crazy because they're like, we have the vaccine, game's over. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. (laughs) You must produce this vaccine, and then you have to get your population to take it. Um, And this is all before all of this bullshit. And I was like, my body, my choice, right? I knew this was going to happen. It's in my game. It's hilarious. Um, it's sad, but we're back at that point, right? It's, it's getting the community vaccinated so that we stop the spread. Because if you have 10 people in a room that are unvaccinated and that virus is going to spread at a rate of eight to, to whatever, eight to eight to one, then when you walk into that room, if I did my math right, then eight of those 10 people are going to get the virus, right? And then eight from each of those eight people. eight from those people are going to so branch out. So and so forth. Grow. So let's say you walk into a room where uh, half of those people are vaccinated. That slows the spread, right? Because it's, it's maybe three people that get sick, maybe five people that get sick, at most, maybe six people that get sick. And if maybe if the vaccine isn't as effective, we want maybe seven. But at the same time, it's going to stop the spread to some degree, right? Well, you can still carry it, even though you can still carry it, right? And you can still spread it, right? So that's why we had to still wear face masks, right? Absolutely, we still had to take other measures, other precautions. But at the same time, you're still preventing like a big sickness and then more spread. Well, we're, we're alleviating the pressure on the hospitals. Right, we are because we're we're stopping the spread. Right, the spread is not happening. Now, I don't know if it's stopping the spread. It's just the people that are going to be so deathly ill won't be because they're vaccinated. The odds are in their favor of not succumbing to the virus right. and won't be going to the hospital, whereas those who were not washing their hands and 
not wearing a face mask sure. and not getting the vaccine. Well, and you also have, that's the other thing. Like people who are getting vaccinated are taking all those precautions, right? So by getting the vaccine, right, then we are able to start reopening the economy because with those precautions that we're still taking to prevent the spread, the face masks, masks and such, um, because going back to like the person that I knew who died of COVID, they didn't ever wear a face mask. They didn't think that it was ever a necessary precaution. And at their funeral, people were still not wearing face masks and still unvaccinated. And I'm going, you know, this is it's a weird bit of irony here. Was this person a Trumper? Yes. God. Tell us about your ICU. What's it like on the floor right now? Um, so as you probably know, we, we are completely filled. We are overwhelmed with COVID patients. Our ICU currently... Currently, we have 47 patients who are on ventilator in the intensive care unit. And our main intensive care unit, which is our COVID unit right now, which is a 30-bed unit, is full with COVID. And we have three patients who are on ECMO, which is a life support, which takes the blood out and puts oxygen in and then puts the blood back in the patients. And three out of those 30 are on ECMO, which is like 10% of all the patients that we have. It sounds pretty bad on the floor right now. How many of those patients are unvaccinated? Um, a vast majority of them, if I were to guess, I think all of them who are at least in the intensive care unit on ventilator and on life support are all unvaccinated. I don't know how else to say this, but I'm begging you guys, please stop being careless. We have no ventilators for patients. We have no sedating medications. Patients are dying like flies. We're full. We're at max capacity. We have... We have no resources, we have no staff. Our doctors can't even intubate because they have like 40 patients each. It's like a war zone and we're asking for help and help's not coming. Yeah, the, the, the buddy I knew, he was in Bigfoot research in Indiana and he was taking care of his granddaughter because his daughter uh, was having a chemical dependency. Mm -hmm. And so he had the responsibility of raising his grandchild. And he was a total Trump supporter, good Christian man, saying horrifying things about women and Kamala Harris on Facebook. Right. You remember what people were posting? It was awful. Oh, yeah. He right. was caught up in that fever of brainwashing by Donald Trump. And oh. he paid the ultimate price. He had asthma, and he was in the hospital, and he passed from complications of COVID. I had mutual friends with him who I think share the blame in his passing because the information was out there and they were willingly turning the blind eye on getting the vaccine. It's just a flu. The vaccine is microchips. Right. And these people are the Bigfoot community, the ones that think there's a big magic oh, hairy sure. creature running around. The people around. who love conspiracy theories. This, is, this, this was my students, right? There was a situation that we talked about in my class. I came to class with it because, and I, I, I didn't feel shame bringing it, but Nicki Minaj put out a tweet um, about her cousin's <laughs> friends I remember. in Trinidad and Tobago. Oh my and God. they had to, and, it, and it, it was such a disruption to the government of Trinidad and Tobago that they had to like address it. And that... The ridiculous. vaccine was going to cause Your sterility. Your balls to swell up and fall off or some shit. It was sterility. Yeah, something like that. I think, But I think it was graphic. It was a very graphic thing. We're going to put it up right here. <laughs> Let's find it real quick. Guess what, bitch? 
And eventually she talked with the Biden administration and got it all straightened out. I remember that because that's the thing. You can't have that much gravitas and spread that much bullshit. You do real damage. Her fan base are an at-risk group. That's true. That's true. So that brings another question. Why? First of all, who's her fan base, Rick? Uh, Generation Z. Yeah. Uh, I would assume, and I might be false, uh, people of color. Uh-huh. Okay, here's the tweet from 2021. Nicki Minaj. <laughs> My cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. Oh, well, that's is that Cardi B? Oh my God! I, I don't know her. if you can do that. <laughs> his testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. Coronavirus! I'm telling you, it's real! Get it real! Woo! Bitch, I'm scared. And then somebody here says, haven't deleted that shit yet. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh um, my God. But that's yeah, just the graphic. paranoia and people tweeting and putting out information that isn't verified adds more to the disinformation that's out there and if people weren't getting sick and dying okay so what but people were dying that's half the problem is that well that's most of the, that's all the problem is we had people out there who could reach everybody and they were choosing to spread misinformation I want you all to know that we engage all the time with uh, people who have big public platforms or profiles. Some of them we talk about, some of them are here, some of them you don't even know about because they're just looking for questions to be answered. Uh, We offered a call uh, with Nicki Minaj uh, and one of our doctors to answer questions she had about the safety and effectiveness of the vaccine. So let's see how this information plays out. Only give me yes or no answers for the two questions I'm about to give you, Tim. Are you ready? Okay. Are you vaccinated? Yes. Can you produce a child right now? No. See? There it is. He's impotent. The The vaccine made him impotent. A very good doctor made me impotent, and I believe it's impotent, isn't it? No, that, the way she tweeted it was impotent. Impotent? Yeah. Oh, she misspelled it. Is that what happened? Yeah. That's hilarious. I'm impotent then on purpose. But I hate how people do that. And they're like, see right there. I would tell people that the the vaccine made me gay. And they're like, (laughs) you were already gay. And I'm like, well, then what's the worry about? That's true. When I got the vaccine for the first time, I had some of these MAGA fearful people that are in my life asking me question after question after question. You know, are you scared? And I'm like, no. Did you see any microchips in the vibe? No. Right. Because they've, been spoon-fed fear yeah and it goes back to why i hate political ads and stuff right now because it's all fear-based and anger-based and none of it's empathy-based and progressiveness-based when did you realize it was aerosol-based i had a hunch it was aerosol-based because it was spreading and had symptoms of a respiratory virus it wasn't like say ebola it was spreading and had respiratory symptoms so i was like hey kids that means if you sneeze that's coming out (laughs) so it's definitely airborne 
And that was early on. We knew that. Uh, although there wasn't an admission of it. There was still this hope that it would be like surface transmissible and all that stuff. But the reality of it is, is if it's a respiratory virus, it's affecting your respiratory system. Chances are when you breathe in and out, it's going to catch hold in your droplets, which right. makes sense because that's what aerosolized means. So this was what woke everybody up in regards to COVID being uh, aerosol-based, the majority of cases being from the mm-hmm. droplets in the air. Washington State, this place? Yes. And we were all washing our hands, wearing our face masks, and social distancing. We were all learning this news, stand six feet apart, you know, blah, blah, blah. In early March, 61 singers at a church choir showed up to practice together, and the fallout inflamed an international debate about COVID-19. They all were washing their hands and sanitizing and maintaining social distancing, but yet uh, a tremendous portion of them uh, got sick and died. On the morning of Tuesday, March 10, Skagit County Public Health declared a public health emergency. Officials in the county, about 100 miles north of Seattle, had identified its first confirmed case of COVID-19. A woman in her 40s who appeared to have acquired the virus from community transmission, not travel. To slow the virus's spread, the health department recommended residents maintain a physical distance from one another and... Okay, here we go. Come on, come on, come on. That evening, 61 members of the Skagit Valley Corral met for their regular practice. They avoided their customary hugs and handshakes. For two and a half hours, the members, many of them older adults, sang together in Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church. By the end of the week, six people felt sick in all. 53 attendees had confirmed or suspected cases of the coronavirus. By the end of the month, two Skagit Valley Corral members had died. The super spreader event made Skagit Valley, otherwise known for its technicolored tulip farms, the focal point of endless international interest. Yet, Trump knew it was aerosol-based one month prior. Sure. That kills me. Oh, my Don't God. Don't bang the table. I'm sorry. Dings. <laughs> but yeah, it killed, it, well, it killed a lot of people. Gosh. Didn't just kill you. In that time, again, we're looking at lessons that we've learned. We learned that our administration was throwing us under the bus for the economy, right? We don't want to stop the economy because we need a strong economy. That's kind of what Donald Trump's thing is. Money, money, money. What happened when we went on lockdown, when places started going into lockdown? Oh, businesses closed. Businesses closed. The economy tanked. It was chaos. And we were all just kind of stuck. So the response that we had was correct. It was just delayed. And by the time we got to it, it was rough, right? We were in and out of these weird lockdown-ish things for a while. And that was supposed to allow us time to develop our vaccine. And when we got our vaccine, then we need time to administer the vaccine and allow the vaccine to work so that our population is back to normal. And then we can come back and all have business as usual. And that way, when people get sick, there's a hospital bed for them. Right now, we're at that stage, I think, where enough people are vaccinated that We have enough hospital beds. Now, there were some times during some of these COVID spikes, I believe the Delta variant came through, and the the Delta variant was a very good test because there were some places that were overwhelmed. I believe there were, I want to say three states that 
got to a point where they had more COVID patients than they had beds. And it was like they're above that tipping point. They did not have a calm kitty. They had an alert kitty. Yeah, the Delta variant was a lot deadlier than the Alpha variant. It was. And then when we first caught wind of Omicron last year, we were like, oh, no. It was a lot more contagious. Right. Fortunately, it wasn't as deadly as Delta. Right. We were we were given a reprieve. Delta was nuts. Yeah. I think my daughter had Delta. Mm. I think I had Omicron. And I've been around you, and I haven't caught it. Right. And we would go for walks outside in the air. Right. Outside in the air. And some, right. we would, I would wear face masks right. when you were sick. When you told me you were sick, right. I was wearing my face mask. Absolutely. And... I mean, I took precautions, but I was at times kind of reckless. My wife and I took my family to Disneyland during one of the uh, surges. Like there was, I believe it was Delta, and then Delta started to go down, and we went to Disneyland, and then Omicron hit when we came back. Now, you were already vaccinated. Yes. Would you have gone to Disneyland if you weren't vaccinated? I don't know. Um, That's a good question. Maybe. It depends on how what what the uh, the and the, and your experience looked like with Disneyland. That was your first time there. My first time, yes, ever at Disneyland. M- no. Oh, so you've been to it before? I've been to Disneyland plenty of times. So before. you've seen how crowded and crazy it can. Yes, be. of course. And if all those people are coughing and sneezing and wiping their right. snot on the handrails, right? But but here's the thing: they were um, supposed to be at twenty five percent capacity. So allegedly. Uh, Disneyland uh, was given permission by the government, the local government, to open up for more than 25%, and they did, but they didn't tell anybody, allegedly. Um, And it was crowded still, but we were able to go around and do every single ride in a day, minus maybe like two that my daughter couldn't ride on. And for me, it was all out. Like like for us, it was all outside, right? You're just walking around outside the whole time. Some of the rides are inside, obviously, and you can't really control yourself, but we're masked. You didn't do the Haunted Mansion. We didn't do the Haunted Mansion. And you have a bunch of people that get in that one elevator that appears to be going down. Right. So that would be like, ugh. Right. But But we did some of the other rides where you went around with people, and yeah, you had to get a little close. Yeah. But at the time, everybody who was- Star Tours. Star Tours. Oh, that's another one that's like a, well, super a lot spreader. of them are yeah, yeah, small room, small with, rooms contained. With, oh, I love Star Tours. Star Tours is my favorite, and I love that my daughter liked it. She actually went back with my wife because we got that little special thing where you drop one your kid off because we had our baby with us, so they got to sneak in the back and they went twice. And there's like twenty some, twenty nine different like tracks, so she got two different tracks. It was cool. Anyway. Yeah, that's an enclosed room with complete right. strangers. But for the most part, uh, most of the rides or most of the, the park is you spending time outside. Because if you're in a ride, like how long are, does it take for you to get the virus, like for the spread to happen? It takes a little bit of exposure. Right. And I remember right? seeing... It was like 15 minutes or something. Yeah, I remember seeing that. So... It's a lot long. It's like eight... If you're right. wearing a good mask, eight hours. And so this was well into the pandemic when we went. And we had learned some things. And we felt comfortable going because we knew that it was spread mostly, you know, indoors. If you're out outdoors, it's going to dissipate pretty quickly. Uh, and the exposure, if you're vaccinated you're going to need some more exposure for it to really take hold. Now, granted, my children weren't vaccinated, but my wife and I were. And the sunlight. 
uh, kills the virus. There you go. And it was a sunny day. It was wonderful. Oh, nice. I definitely lost my daughter at Disneyland once, too. <laughs> I think every parent has. Right. I don't ever have to worry about that. You don't. It's you like, don't. It was, take my kids and throw them in the kennel. There you go. That's easy. Because my kids are dogs. <laughs> If we then look at the pandemic, like let's, let's, the pandemic has happened. We're at this point now. So what lessons have we learned? What else do we need to look at the fallout from this pandemic? I am an educator. I can say, I think we did not need to shut down the way we did if we were all, all wearing face masks. Yes. If, if, it, if no, the government can't, man, you know what? Do it. Everybody wear a face mask. If you're so worried about the right. money and the economy, right. everyone must wear a Just face do mask. It. But here's the thing. Like, we were all told that it was going to work. And I remember, so so my wife and I just went and saw Trevor Noah. And he kind of put it plainly. I like how he uh, told us, basically, like, did we really wear face masks? Like, did we really do everything we were supposed to? Did we really take the precautions we needed to? And he's right. Well, if the pandemic was, let's say, as severe and serious as the Black Plague, then yeah, I think people would be. Did oh, we all wear? Wow! Did we all? You're right. You're right. Yeah, bring out your dad. Right. Ding, ding, ding. But they, again, we go to our masks. What did we do? We didn't even wear masks correctly, like cloth, cloth masks. masks. Yeah. I wore cloth masks. The difference between N95 right? and N99. Right. I didn't ever wear an N95 unless I knew I was going to some place that I was really going to be exposed. I didn't take the precautions I needed to either. And the face mask that had that little filter, the Omicron variant, the water, the droplets could yeah, pass through that. Yeah, just passed through that. I mean, it was just, it was nuts. So, like, did we really? <laughs> if our great, in your case, your great, great parents, my great grandparents, they survived the Spanish influenza. Right. If they were alive today, they'd be like, wash your hands, stay away from people, yeah, they, wear a face mask. They've been through it. But they're not here. Right. And they, we didn't have their history readily right, their accessible. So let's go back to me being an educator. Because what we are seeing now is a ripple effect in our education system. Our students are now starting to show signs of wear. They're testing lower in math than they've ever tested before, which is a result of the fact that they were distant learning, which was, let's be honest, kind of a joke. And now we're seeing these repercussions. So we have damaged an entire generation, basically, of, of students because of COVID. And so we have to figure out how we're going to rebound from that because we see all this and these students are, or these kids are going to be at a disadvantage. But here's the thing. It's not necessarily all the kids because like my daughters are going to be fine. They made it through COVID. We still kept them in daycare because my wife was working. I was still working and I couldn't really watch my older daughter. And so we kept her in daycare and she got an education through that. Other parents created like pods, like rich people parents got like six kids together and hired a teacher and had them do private tutoring. And so they kept their kids going. But a majority of our underserved population, especially in our communities of color, they didn't get a quality education for like two, almost three years. 
And so now we're seeing this huge discrepancy or disparity, this huge draw between uh, classes and education. And it's, it's going to become more prevalent, especially when they enter the job market. The state of Nevada had very low test scores before COVID in regards to math. I can't imagine now what it must be like. Well, Oregon is one of the worst. We have, I think, one of, if not the worst education system in the, in the country. Well, Mississippi, I think, is the sure. crowning achievement on but that. But we're pretty bad, too, as far as our graduating seniors and whatnot. Oh, my God. Do you remember, was it, it was, we had so many cases. It was the Omicron variant was the, the last big surge, or maybe it was that Delta. I don't know. But one of our surges in 2022... January 2022, how many cases did we have? We had a huge, that was must have been Omicron, yeah. January in 2022, this at the beginning of this year. That was that was Omicron. That was Omicron. And it, it the, the crazy part about Omicron is that it was less deadly. And I remember talking about this in my class, of course. It was less deadly, but because it spread so fast and it was spreading at a much, you know, higher rate, more people were getting sick. So that number of hospitalizations went up. The vaccine. Okay. What about it? So from what I understand, it's a delivery system, mRNA. Sure. Where the blueprint, the recipe, is given to your immune system regarding the virus spikes. The virus has spikes on it that enable it to attach to your body cells and then spread its crap into our bodies that way. It latches on with these spikes. The mRNA vaccine tells our immune system to look for these spikes. It's given the information. You are not being infected with the actual virus. A lot of people thought it was like the the flu shot like we get. No, you're being infected with just the information. And our immune systems are very slow, which is why we get sick. Our immune system is watching football. It's got its beer in one hand, the remote control in the other. And it's got this annoying invader banging on the door. But the game is good. And the immune system doesn't want to get away from the game. And that home invader comes and then sets up shop inside the house. Meanwhile, the immune system is like, well, maybe we should probably get up and get, get rid of this guy. Well, it's too late because that home invader has now brought his family and has multiplied. And it's like gremlins, you know, don't feed them after midnight. And boom, your entire house is full of these bad guys. And your immune system's like, oh, what do we do now? By giving the immune system the information to ward off these bad guys, they're still watching the the football on TV with the beer in one hand and remote control in the other. Here comes the bad guy, and the virus is coming into the house, and our immune system will pull out the gun and go, bam, problem solved. Because <laughs> it was given the information on how to handle it. Okay. That is an interesting analogy. Because our immune systems are just so slow. They don't like to get up. It's like, you know, they've been working all day, and oh, what, what's this banging on the door? Uh, and then it's, it gets to be too late. So, But fortunately, we have what's called B cells, and they're memory cells, and they remember. So that when the bad virus comes back, if we get infected again, our body can whack it. Take it out. There you go. 
<laughs> Your immune system so is watching sports. So if you followed that, follow Rick at... <laughs> Jesus. That's the best way to describe it. It's just our immune systems aren't like... They're not go-getters. No. Well, they, it they takes time like, to respond. They look like this. You Do know, they? like, oh, I'm going to watch TV. Click. Let's have some pizza. Well, and you can imagine the immune system of somebody who just does that in general. Like, it's just, ugh. Let me just eat my pizza. Ugh. So you got a lot of people who are at risk in the United States, which, again, is why our mortality rate was so high, because a lot of people that I know that have died of COVID-19 died because they had... Uh, diabetes or heart disease, risk factors associated with an unhealthy sedentary lifestyle. Yeah. The American dream. My cousin uh, became a crazy mega trumper and just we would fight verbally. Mm. That's progressive and In productive. my home. And he had an opinion and shame on me for having a different one. You know, red, red-blooded Italians. Sure. And I was, this was before the insurrection. Okay. So I was laughing at Trump, and I thought Trump was the most ridiculous thing and making every possibly wrong decision he could ever make. And that made my cousin angry. And he was just level 10 Italian rage. I'm like rolling my eyes, whatever. It got to the point where I had to distance myself from him. He was under the... MAGA influence and QAnon and all that to the point where he didn't get the vaccine, microchips, whatnot, whatever, and he got COVID, and he was deathly ill for two months. He said it was the worst experience of his entire life, and he regretted not getting the shot. Oh, he lived. He lived. That's a fun ending. And it humbled him. And I'm like, and I, and I don't want to be the one to say, I told you so. You know, I'm not going to do that. It's unfortunate that his ignorance and his blind devotion to that Twitler almost you know, right. resulted almost in, him. yeah. And some people, you know, it's like a horse. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink it. Well, and that's the scary part, because what else did we learn from this pandemic? Like who people really are? Because for at one what we learned is that, uh, what we know is that online you can be whoever you want. And so people really took that to heart and they used the internet to just feed into their nastiness, right? Everybody became a troll and everybody spread misinformation and everybody had an opinion and everybody had something to say, mm-hmm. right? And it just was this, people got stuck in echo chambers where they would yes. say, hey, um, you know, this could possibly be a conspiracy. Well, it must be true because look at this. JFK is coming back. Oh, my God. Look at this clip. This was this year in Dallas, Texas, at the exact location where John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Hundreds of Donald Trump supporters brainwashed by QAnon off the Internet arrived thinking that JFK Jr., was going to be resurrected and come as Donald Trump's new running mate. Look at this. This is absurd. These people are sheep. No wonder they were all dying from COVID. Tim, I think Twitler is going to go down in history as the worst cultist of all time, beating Jim Jones tenfold. People believed that, which is nuts. 
like he was going to rise out of the ocean. Like, right. What's the bad guy in the Pirates of the Caribbean with the tentacles for the face? Was I don't know. Ju- uh, Captain. I don't know. That's JFK Jr. Oh, yeah. Davy Jones. <laughs> Davy Jones. Davy Jones. Coming out of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, as if that was going to happen. And be Trump's running mate. Thing is, though, about the mRNA, Mr. Burpee. Yeah. It's Pandora's box. We now have right. a plan of attack with mm-hmm. HIV. Cancer. Cancer. Yes. It's very promising with what they're working on right now right. as we speak. Right. And you think about how fast we were able to adapt this to uh, COVID. How fast are they going to... And they're going through a different process, a much more rigorous process for cancer and AIDS and things of that nature. Just imagine the possibilities. Yeah, And normal virus, like you told me, uh, testing for vaccines takes eight years. Right. And look at nine months. Look how fast we got the... Can you imagine how fast things would go if we invested as much we uh, money into that as we did our military industrial complex. Oh, right, right. And PPEs, ventilators. Right. We have Pfizer, which I'm a Pfizer pureblood. Mm-hmm. I don't have any Moderna in me at all. Sure. And then there's Johnson and Johnson. And I'm Moderna. I don't have any Pfizer in me. Oh, well, well yeah. I'm gay. You're straight. That's right. I'm Pfizer. You're Moderna. That's right. And that has absolutely everything to do with the shots we got. Ebony and ivory. Okay. Come together in perfect harmony. Ebony and ivory. And now it's time to let's quiz Tim. Tim. Yeah. Why is the coronavirus, the one that shut everything down, called COVID 19? I don't know because it's um, the nineteen is the the number that the virus it's it's the the year the virus was was found. Ding, 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 is that yay. the only reason? Yes. Oh, I was looking for, I was looking out. for the reason why they call it COVID, not necessarily the I knew the nine, I knew the number, but the COVID because yeah. that's just the kind of virus it is. What does SARS stand for? Um, sudden. Acute respiratory syndrome. Not severe Asian respiratory syndrome? No. (laughs) No, that's racist. I win. Yes. I was right. And you were racist. (laughs) Severe Asian (laughs) respiratory syndrome. I really did think that's what it stood for. And that's the power of misinformation. I'm ignorant. Right. What medication is part of the treatment currently right now for those suffering from COVID-19? Ivermectin. I don't know the name of it, but it's an antiviral of some type. Rem. Diz. Remdizbal. Remdesivir. Remdesivir. Is it the, was that the same stuff that Trump got? That's what they gave him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's whatever they gave Trump. We all knew that it existed. And here is the final question. Mm. If you're in the hospital and you're suffering from COVID-19, 
What's one of the treatments that they're going to give you? Pfizer has a, a new one now out, Paxlovid. It's like an oral antiviral, um, which we knew existed. They were in you know, research and development when Trump came down with COVID, wow. when he almost died, apparently, allegedly. God, I remember watching him walk back up the steps of the White House I don't think he walked up the steps. I think he just walked into the, the door right down there. And he emerged all triumphant and was just like, mm. but you could tell he was like wheezing and just like not in good shape because we all saw the tennis photo. <laughs> Is that the way he pooped himself? No, it's the one where he's swinging the tennis racket and he's got like his ass hanging out. Oh, you'll have to find it. It's just it white. It's just, it's just a huge. Well, you did very good with Let's Quiz Tim. Thank you. I'm impressed. If I had a child, I would be fully confident with you instructing him or her or they, them, or whatever we're supposed to identify children these days. Little people. I would be fully confident in you instructing my little people. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think you're probably a really good teacher. I try my best. I'm very patient with my students. Yeah. Although sometimes they think I'm not, and that's because I have a very strict boundary. I uh, tell my students, if you are coming into my classroom, it's my space, uh, don't expect privacy. Do you make them wash their hands? What do you mean? Because of the pandemic and everything. Do they? I don't know. Go, I, no, that's ridiculous. I wouldn't go to the kids and say, hey, go wash your hands. Do uh, they wear face masks in no, class? they don't. Do I'm vaccinated. Wear... No, I don't. No, oh, that's also. I mean, at this point, does anybody ever wear face masks? No, uh, some kids do. Some kids will wear them. Are they ridiculed for it? No, that's good. That's but good. they're also wearing like a cloth mask. Half oh. the time, it's just because they want to hide their face. Mm. Right. We, we're at the point now where we don't really need the masks. I mean, they would definitely help, but I mean, is that your medical professional opinion? That's my statistical analysis. Statistical analysis, because I look at the numbers, Rick. Look at our numbers right now. Look at how many people are vaccinated. Right, we're at a pretty good level. Um, it could be better, but also we're not overwhelming our healthcare system. Currently, more Caucasian people are dying from COVID than people of color. Right. So let's look at that real quick, because you sent me something that had a graph, and we can put that graph up here. And you can see uh, there are some big spikes, and those are our waves. And now we've reached a point where the white line has gone above the, well, the white people line has gone above the black people line. And why is that, Rick? Do you know why? Well, because in the very beginning, the communities that were at risk, socioeconomic and mm -hmm. COVID, there were more people in enclosed quarters so they lived in a more urban environment right sure uh and people with money were able to travel and go and get the free vaccine and a lot of these people sure so they didn't have access to the same level of health care right right and on top of that um like a lot of them i think that access is really what it came down to you're right they couldn't access the vaccine they couldn't access the healthcare system they were densely populated and it spread and now they are getting the vaccine right it's been two years why are the caucasians now dropping like flies 
I wouldn't necessarily drop it like flies, but they my are body, my choice. They are the ones who are being affected. Those who aren't vaccinated are the ones mostly dying right? by choice. By choice, are choosing right? not. They're chosen. At this point, if you want the vaccine, you can get it. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's now a numbers game. So, like, like I said, I think at this point it's evened out. Uh, our communities of color now have some access, um, and your mind is blown. What's up? If these people that are on Fox News and propagating that bullshit are so worried about the great white replacement theory, why weren't you people, not you, but like, why weren't they concerned about uh, wearing the face mask, preserving life, getting the vaccine? So I'm going to blow your mind one more time. I want you to stop real quick because at the time, going back to our graphs, who was it killing? People of color. Right. So what's their what's what would be the point of changing anything if it's the if 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 the great white replacement theory, if the, the virus is gonna take care of it for us, look at the numbers. So of course we don't want people to get the vaccine because we want those communities of colors to suffer. Oh man. There you go. That answered that question. Uh-oh. Hey Rick, hmm. I'm gonna trigger you. The LGBTQIA plus. Very good. Is too many letters. What gives you the right to say it's too many letters? Nothing. Let's use more letters. Okay. Do you think that it's getting too long, though? Do you think that it is categorizing people? At the end of the day, no, I don't think it's too many letters because it takes a while to process and get used to saying LGBTQIA+. It's not easy to say in that sequence uh, the first time. It's taken me a while to get to know all of those and what they mean. Who's to say there will be a new term two years from now that's going to be added to it? That brings me to the question, rebranding, right? Do you think that at some point there just needs to be an all-inclusive brand for that? Or at what point do we stop identifying and categorizing people? I've heard some opinions from the radical left that they want to incorporate people of color into the LGBTQIA+. And... I don't think that's right because then it's going to be everybody that's going to be non-white heterosexual at that point. Right. And it's nuts. The LGBTQ community has embraced everyone warmly that's in need of support from the the higher patriarchal uh, system of oppression I didn't like those words. Right. I go to college. <laughs> Unfortunately, people like Caitlyn Jenner, who in my opinion is a fraud, we migrated toward her and paid a price for it. However, she did put a face on what trans life was like if you have a lot of money. And the majority of trans people don't have that kind of money. This triggers me a little bit 
because I can identify with trans people to a point. As a gay man, I noticed like growing up in fear uh, of letting my family down and not fitting in with the bigger society. What trans people right now are going through is horrifying. And they are objectified and made as a punching line, thanks to Dave Chappelle, sure. and as a hot topic with extreme uh, right-wing propagandists like Tucker Carlson. The whole bathroom issue. Everybody pees yellow. <laughs> you know, it's, it's right. Like, it's so stupid. The it's, way our society... I just want to stop you real quick because I need to tell you this. We missed some letters. And numbers. We did. Well, I didn't get the gay memo. Right? And so that, again, LGBTQIA2S+. plus what? Two-spirited. 2S+. Plus? 2S+. Plus. So it's lgbtqia 2S plus. Yes. What's the two? Two spirited. What is it? Two spirited. How dare you not know what two spirited is, dude? So I am a Navajo and Hopi lesbian, and I feel uncomfortable identifying myself as two spirit. And a lot of that has to do with me not being raised, knowing the customs and the cultures of my tribes. Two spirit in and of itself is spiritual. It has religious and cultural ties, and it's not just a Native American thing. Every tribe is gonna have its specific terms and attitudes regarding gender. Now there's so much importance and knowledge that goes with identifying yourself as Two-Spirit. And for a non-Native to identify themselves as Two-Spirit, I think is very disrespectful. That brings me to this whole thing, right? Because that is a thing. And now you're triggered. And you're no, I'm not triggered. You, see, I'm you are visibly frustrated. I should have gotten the memo. Exactly. You're you're kind of frustrated. Why is what is two S, right? And so, but but here's the thing. Like again, I I know what two S, uh, two spirit person. So there's a definition that they give you. Um, and from what I, mean, I want before I read this, my understanding of two spirited is somebody who literally has two spirits in them. What? Yeah, and they. That's my understanding. It's it's like they, yeah. Um, traditionally, they Native American two-spirited people were male, female, and sometimes intersex individuals who combine activities of both men and women with traits unique to their status as two-spirited people. In most tribes, they were considered neither men nor women. They occupied a distinct alternative gender status, two-spirited. So I, because... I have friends that are native, and uh, some of them identify as two-spirited, so now they are included in the LGBTQIA2S+. That's a mouthful. Was all that a big mouthful for shaman? For what? For shamans. Shamans? Yeah, in Native American culture. Two-spirited? Yeah. I'm just saying that whole thing, yeah, it was a mouthful to say. LGBTQIA2S+. It's a mouthful. <laughs> It gets longer. Now, uh -huh. the more you say it and repeat it, it gets easier. Right. But then I'm going to get to a point where I there's more added and somebody's going to say, how dare you? Or I'm going to embarrass myself by not knowing the right terminology. But at the same time, like, do I ask my students to memorize pi? Why can't we have an all-inclusive word for it? I think we're adding a lot of terms to something that needs to be kind of broken down into couple groups. Sure. Sexual preference. Okay. Is different than... Gender identity. The two spirits that are inside. 
Right. Well, because because well, sexual preferences, who do you are, who are you sexual sexually attracted to? Whereas gender identity is what you view you as. The following clip is Malcolm Clark from the LGB Alliance explaining the importance of separating sexual preference from gender identity. I mean, this makes sense because, of course, sexual orientation, which is covered by the LGB, is not related necessarily to gender identity. So. I mean, there's an overlap in as much as lots of kids growing up who, if you like, in the official parlance are gender non-conforming. So you might have a little effeminate boy or you might have a little butch tomboy. Yeah. Um, a lot of these kids do grow up, not all of them, but a lot of them grow up to be LGB and some of them grow up to be trans. And so that I think maybe 20 years ago that, that it seemed to a lot of gay people there might be some sort of overlap. Yes. We now know that in fact there's very little overlap and yes. then lots of kids are now on a sort of fast track because they appear to be gender non-conforming teachers, educationalists pounce on this and tell them that maybe you've been born in the wrong body and for us we think that's a real problem and we campaign against it. And, and don't forget there's also poly what is what is that? Polyamorous. Okay, so what is and that? Pansexual. So tell me what polyamorous is. Is that gender identity or sexuality? Because uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's two different things that we're talking about here. When you're talking about that stuff, that's a whole other category of some subset of one of those two, right? From what I understand, Miley Cyrus considers herself pansexual. Okay, so what does that mean? She falls in love with the person's soul, their spirit, who they are inside. So that's her sexual orientation. That's what she had claimed. Right, so that's in sexual orientation. So what's her gender identity then? So that's different than her sexual orientation. Right? I just like doing And so it brings me back to this whole thing. Why? <laughs> I mean, I know why, but I. What again, is why? Why the why is why why is it so important that we identify people by their gender fluidity or their sexual identity? Because it, the reason why I say why is because when I go to like my workplace, there is nothing really. That, that that should affect the way that I work with my coworkers in terms of like sexual preference because I work with a lot of girls and I'm not like sexually attracted to all of them. Although I believe there are people out there who argue that because I'm a man, I am. But at the same time, I'm not like focused on like, that's not my focus when I'm at work. I'm focused on like teaching. I don't got time for like chicks. Nobody should because you're working. <laughs> I do know that Generation Z is more open to their sexual orientation being different. You also go to Portland State. True. Well, that was a fun episode with Break It Down with Rick and Tim. Yes, and I'm happy you're vaccinated. And right. My family's vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that I'm vaccinated and I just got my uh, bivalent booster shot. Right. I'm going to get that one, too, coming up here next month. I just yeah. got my flu shot because I want to be double protected because the flu is bad as well. Uh, you don't want to get that. Get your flu yeah. shot. I have so like you're all Moderna. All the shots you've had were Moderna. Sure. I'm entirely Pfizer. I piss Pfizer now. My pee is green. Mm. When I fart, it goes Pfizer. <laughs> Jesus. So go ahead and follow us on Twitter. If we do have Twitter by the time you watch this or hear this, right? I don't know. That's an interesting question. Musker, 
right? Oh, God. Jesus, it's going to crash Twitter before I even get a chance to play around with my handle. I heard it when I said it. <laughs> I caught it. So what's your uh, handle, Tim? My handle is Tim Breaks It Down. Yes, and mine is Richter underscore Riolo. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter. We'll see what happens. That could be a whole different topic. The next episode. The next episode, we're dedicating it to America Today. Indeed, we are. Because right now, we don't know how things are going to go with our, our country. Indeed, we do not. If there's going to be a democracy or the continuation of Trumpism. On a larger scale, I'm worried about the states that have purposefully implemented laws and such to slow the election process slow the election process and make it harder for people, harder to, for vote. people to vote like in arizona with people right. watching people drop off their right with their guns. the insanity and georgia by making it miles for people of color to grown go vote. people grown men hiding behind the fear of a gun they are hiding behind the leg of their mommy or daddy they are just hiding behind a parent is what that that's what it, that's what a gun is it's the ultimate punishment and look what happened now with the speaker of the yeah. house husband right. Paul Pelosi unbelievable and it's probably going to get worse probably hopefully it doesn't cross your fingers remember, tune in next week there was people that wanted to abduct the governor of Michigan i remember that they went to jail yes Hopefully they'll they'll tamp it down, right? They'll get a handle on it before it gets worse. But who knows? I'm scared. There's some fear, but again, remember, don't get yourself caught in an echo chamber. Be very careful where you get your news from. Because remember, even CNN was like, okay, we're going to tone it back now because every time we turn on the TV, and you can play that little tone. What, what is that? The, the breaking news tone. This is CNN Breaking News. They, I remember them coming on and saying, we are going to no longer use that tone as much because they were using it to like breaking news everything. Oh yeah, because if you're in the middle of cooking something in the kitchen, you, you hear that mm-hmm. sound, you, you turn, you turn and, and you the, look and they were, just, they were just using it every five minutes mm-hmm. and it was just wearing on people. Fox News is very guilty of that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. America today. America post- 2022 midterms. COVID-19! COVID-19! Oh, God. God damn it! Should have my face mask on. Tastes salty. Break it down with Rick and Tim is also available to watch on YouTube. Check us out also online at www.breakitdownwithrickandtim.com.